The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Sam Shaw and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. This is Wall Street Mastermind's Elevate program where we take our flagship coaching program and give it away for free to high potential students who are currently in a difficult financial situation. The goal of this show is to first and foremost give these students the coaching and guidance that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise and help them break into investment banking. Of course, we also want to give all of you an in-depth look at how to go about your own investment banking preparation process the right way so that you can model it after the same proven methodology and strategies that we've used to place over 90% of our students into investment banking across every single bulge bracket and elite boutique bank over the last several years. With hundreds of thousands of applicants competing to break into investment banking globally each year, our team only has the bandwidth to help a very small percentage of you. So my hope is that this show helps all of you, even if you aren't able to directly participate in our program and work with us. So let's get to it. In this session, we give Shimena feedback on the next set of behavioral questions, including why she's interested in a particular coverage group within investment banking, as well as all the resume related questions, such as why she chose her school and major, and also walking through the most relevant internship experiences she's had to date, which are her search fund internships. All right, guys. So we are back today for our uh, fifth session with Shimena today. And um, we're going to continue kind of where we left off last time, which is we were going through kind of the behavioral answers um, in preparation for an upcoming hire view. And so we have finished, just as a recap last time, uh, what I would say are the three most important questions in any interview is just tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume. Why do you want to do investment banking? And then like, why this specific bank, right? Um, and then so today we're just going to continue going through some of the other questions here. So let me kind of pull up document that we're working through. There we go. Can you see this? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so... The next question that we have was, you know, why this group? Um, so, the, you know, this question may or may not be relevant, right? Like, honestly, when you're interviewing for a bank like uh, J.P. Morgan, for example, which is the bank we're using right now, um, the interview is most likely going to be a generalist interview, right? Especially if you're going from New York. Now, obviously, if you are um, recruiting for a regional office like the Bay Area or Chicago or Houston or L.A., um, then those will be more like targeted towards specific groups. So if you're going for a generalist interview, then, you know, this answer might not matter as much, although they could still ask you if you have a preference for a certain group, in which case, like, you should have an answer prepared for it, right? So let's see what you have here. So you said multiple reasons why I'm interested. Actually, I'm going to track changes. Okay, it's already on. Cool. Um, there are multiple reasons why I'm interested in m and uh, I like the variation in deals and industries, the strategic negotiation process, bringing buyers and sellers to terms, and the technical modeling skills that can serve as an important foundation in the finance career. From my previous internship, I worked researching through different industries and analyzing their profitability from looking into a trucking service company to an IT company. I found the research and management styles behind each industry very interesting. I was always looking forward to weekly meetings with the team and sharing our opinions on different companies. Um, currently also helping as a PA analyst in another company, and they've been going back and forth with the client negotiating terms that they can both agree on. Uh, learning from both perspective has been really interesting, and I would really enjoy doing this at a much higher level at a firm that works with such professional clients. Finally, in my previous internship, one of my favorite parts from my career experience was learning how to create basic LBO models using company historicals to create projections and see how a company's financials will look in 10 years. And from that, making an estimate of the company's value were really interesting in how you could put the, put the life of a company in a structure and a model. Okay, so um, I think like the, 
framework you're using is fine. I would add like a closing sentence. You know, for these reasons, um, and then I would be top choice. Now, I will say like the reasons themselves, because you provided three reasons. I think the reasons that you chose, um, I think they can be worded better, especially like where you elaborated on each one. Um, so like saying, I like the variation in deals and industries. I would say um, there are multiple reasons why I'm interested in M&A. Um, I like the um, first. Also, I like that it's industry agnostic. Okay. Secondly, is highly strategic. And um, Told that it helps develop um, a more technical skill set. Okay, so like this first point, I think what you're really saying is that because like you could be in an MA group or you could be in like a specific industry coverage group, right? But in like an industry specific coverage group, um, you just you're only focusing on clients in that industry. And maybe you don't, you're not like married to just one specific industry right now. In fact, you wanna, you know, really learn about a lot of different business models, right? Mm -hmm. So you can just say, from my previous internship at X, right? Whatever firm, like be specific, right? Um, I got the opportunity to work on uh, or I got the opportunity to research multiple different industries, which I really enjoyed. You know, from looking into a trucking service company to an IT company. I wouldn't say like the management styles behind each industry very interesting. I would just say like I found it very interesting to learn about all the different types of business models out there. Um, I think I use interesting a lot throughout this. When you yeah, I mean, that might be a thing. So we might want to, you yeah. know, be careful with that, right? You mean this specific answer, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can change if we want. Um, I found it fascinating about all the different types of business models out there. Um, as the drivers that make each type of business successful um, changes from one market to the next. Early on in my career, I would like to get a well-rounded experience as much as possible. And I think that is only possible if I continue to get exposure to multiple industries, as opposed to specializing in just one through an industry coverage group. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what you are trying to say, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, in reality, there's no like right or wrong. It's not like, you know, obviously m is a product group. It's not like product group is better than coverage group or vice versa. It's just personal preference, right? Um, and then the strategic part, you know, I would say secondly, um, the process is also 
polish is eject. Actually, additionally, through my current internship at, you know, I, I assume these are two different firms, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, no, they're different. I've gotten through to. Your process as we're going through negotiations. Um, when you say the client, you mean the company that they're trying to acquire? Like you're working, um, you're working for the search fund or the PE firm, and they're negotiating with the company that they're trying to acquire. Yeah. So like the the boss that's maybe gonna sell his company. Okay. So that's not really their client. That's their target. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. This client would be like, if you're the bank, yeah. you're advising them, right? So we got to be clear about what you're saying because otherwise it'll be confusing, right? So mm -hmm. I've got a firm receipt that I made a deal process. We're currently going through negotiations with the target company, managing team of the target company we're trying to acquire. Um, this experience I've witnessed um, well I think so I said I said client because it's somebody it's a startup and somebody that has he has all like everything set up but he's looking it's kind of like their angel investor so it's not an established company so I said client I think because they're like kind of taking him, him in and wanting to grow his idea Initially, they were looking at companies, but now they started this. So I don't know if I should word this better in case that they would ask me more like in depth about this. Sorry, so your fund that you're working for is mm -hmm. going to angel invest in this company? Well, that's what they were thinking to do. That's what it seemed like it because originally they were looking to acquire a company, but now they really they found somebody who had a lot of really good ideas and he doesn't have the capital. So they were like, okay, maybe we can help you go forward and like find the place. And like, they're basically gonna start from zero, but they're still thinking if it's worth it. And that's what they're going back and forth with him on. Like the, the company is not a set, like they're gonna kind of build it from scratch. Got it. So it's not an acquisition. No. More of a, it's more they're just of a, like negotiating like the deals of like how much he's going to get paid because he's just he's leaving like the practices um his practice so he wants to get paid well like how much um ownership will have the extent of the deal and yeah they've just been going on for a long time so more of like a seed investment then oh what it's more like a seed investment they're like okay. seeding his business yeah 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 that's yeah so in that case, like it might not work as well for this specific for this. answer because you're talking about wanting to do m and right? Yeah. Well, I was thinking of like, yeah, the negotiation part, but I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but they're not really negotiating yeah. negotiating. I mean, they're negotiating, it sounds like, you know, his employment contract or something. Okay. I think like if you've done other any of you if, during any of your internships you've mm -hmm. you know looked at like an acquisition which mm -hmm. you probably have yes i think you can talk about that okay right so it doesn't have to be a current internship so it's like through my internship as a analyst at abc and you know you can you can you can change these to match your resume okay right um i've gotten a front row seat to the process as we Try to acquire a yeah, company description, right? Yeah. Um, through this experience, I saw firsthand all the strategic rationale that goes into um, why a company might be a good acquisition. 
Um, as well as all the different things that can be done post acquisition to increase value in the business. Um, the entire process was really interesting and I really enjoyed doing this at a much higher level. If I'm that works with um, even higher profile. That works with some of the best companies in the world. We'll just say that because it's JP Morgan, right? Um, not least, I know that many times to um, develop a more skill set due to the modeling work that is required. I think this will be hugely beneficial. Set a strong foundation. Um for a in finance one of my favorite parts from so learning how to create basic LBO models you don't have to explain how you did that um Say basic, it's say excited to do more to get even better than the to um. Um, I think the only other thing I would say here is like, we don't want to, usually when you're answering these types of questions, especially if it's a generalist interview, you don't want to like corner yourself by making mm -hmm. it seem like, Hey, it's m &A or bust. Right. So I think like we want to add, we want to hedge a little bit. And so we want to say like, um, you know, um, while I'm very open-minded and would be happy to join any group at JP Morgan as long as I when you wrote why this group were you referring to like saying investment banking as opposed to like wealth management or were you like looking for a specific like MA or so or private yeah I was yeah. this is referring more to like oh I want to work in MA versus you know Technology investment banking okay. versus healthcare versus consumer versus whatever, right? Does that make sense? Um, if I had to choose a group right now, I would probably choose the MA group. Several reasons for this. Something like that. 
And then in the end, you can reiterate again, that again, I'm also open to, Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So something like that. Let's keep going. Um, why did you go to NYU? So chose NYU because of the opportunity to study within an open campus immersed in the city, quality of people that teach and attend NYU, and NYU's expansive global program. From early on, I knew that I didn't want to go to the traditional close campus growing up in the suburb. Everything close by. I love the idea of working in such a culturally diverse city where I could meet people all the time and work with a global community to explore different experiences and have different opinions. Secondly, the people, the professors here are uniquely crafted to elevate students to the next level. They just dedicate their time energy and focus on inspiring scholars into leaders. From talking with friends I attended NYU, I was also really looking for the connections I can make with students that had a strong learning drive, had a strong learning drive and challenge themselves every day. Finally, I knew NYU had a very strategic global program in about 12 locations with the opportunity to study abroad based on the major I picked. I knew this would eventually be a very enriching experience and allow me to develop my career in an even more personalized and interesting way. If NYU Shanghai. Um, which I think we said no. Sorry? Which I think we said no. We said no. But it no. was just like in case that somehow came up um, to not include the Shanghai, but. Got it. Um, so you just like your resume just says NYU right now. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you're just gonna use this answer, but then like if somehow it comes up that NYU Shanghai, then you would use this answer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. All right. So I would say um just NYU because of it's unique open campus environment all of the people and it's expensive global programming um, from other on, yeah, I didn't want to go to traditional close campus. So this is just the fact that NYU ha doesn't really have like a campus and it's just like in the city and it's kind of dispersed, right? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, for example, does this, is this a, well, I was, I thought it was more laid back, but is this also something where I want to connect everything to banking? Um, it doesn't have to. I mean, like a lot of people don't choose a school purely just because of banking, right? Yeah. Um, it also depends on like, you know, when you realize you want to do finance, um, what do we say before? It was like after, it was after you got to college that you realized that, right? So. It wouldn't make sense to say like, oh, you chose NYU because yeah. of banking when earlier you said you didn't realize you wanted banking until you got to college. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it's fine. Um, the people, professors here are uniquely crafted. I thought this was a weird way of saying it. As a uniquely qualified, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Television um, yeah. students the next level, dedicated time, energy, and focus. I mean, this sentence kind of feels like a, almost like a throwaway sentence. I think what would be more interesting is like, you know, if you can actually like name one specific professor that you were very excited about, maybe, okay. you know, so it's just like, you know, um, for example, I was very excited to be able to take classes from, you know, XYZ professor who is, you know, named some impressive accomplishment, right? Like who is a Nobel prize winner or like mm -hmm. who is one of the 
like leaders in his field or who was the guy that came up with the XYZ theory or, you know, whatever, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Dr. Friends at Tenor and Lighthouse is really looking, to, really looking forward to the connections I can make with students that have a lot strong learning drive and challenge themselves every day. Okay, that's fine. Uh, strong learning drive and um, challenge themselves every day. Um, they had a strong learning drive and a um, a daily maybe no. just highly ambitious can you say that strong learning driving and highly ambitious or something like that um following you know we have a very strategic global program about 12 occasions with options say about based on these i picked it's eventually a very interesting experience along with development career in a more personalized and interesting way um Just to avoid saying interesting again, I would just say, allow me to develop my career in an even more personalized way and give me a more global interview. Something like that. Okay. Oh, uh, and for my Chinese, because it's a small size of school and challenge to live in a completely different environment with a different culture. After eight years of taking years of Chinese, I still think in acting in an environment where you're constantly practicing language is the best way to develop a good good year. Okay. Um, I didn't know that that you learned eight years of Chinese. That's pretty cool. Um, is your dad Chinese? No, he's <laughs> Colombian. We're all full color. It was the most random like <laughs> throw of the dice. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it was super I mean, random. I mean, it's a good language to learn, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still taking it. I'm, I'm studying right now. I have an exam tomorrow. Okay. Well, your dad had good foresight. Um, first of all, my dad can to take Chinese six years after taking eight years of Chinese. Um, I still think immersing myself in Uh, an environment that uses the best way to learn and develop a good year. Uh, I really like the idea of being a type of meeting. I want to change a small school with over a thousand, with just over a thousand students and classes be smaller and more dedicated, willing to provide direct support to students individually. more dedicated and willing to provide direct support. Um, be smaller and allow the faculty to provide more direct support to students individually, I guess. And teachers, I guess, yeah, with the faculty, yeah. Yeah. Teachers. Maybe, yeah, the professors doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe. You know, the only thing about this is when I was thinking when um when you go when sometimes you compare like big firms and small firms where I was like, does this make it seem like I want to be like in a small firm rather than a big firm because a big firm is so big? I, I don't think it's a big concern to be no. honest. Yeah. No. Um. Well, I want to challenge the diving game in the country and being part of the international community. I've really experienced that help you grow. Most because you're forced to deal with difficult situations and no language and have to think critically about how to move around and make the most out of the environment you live in. Um, I really, really, overall, again, conclusion sentence, but you have this habit of like abrupt endings to your answer. So just like, 
wrap a nice boat uh tiring right? so it's like overall i really enjoyed my time at NYU and put Shanghai, depending on which answer you're using. So far, I've been very happy with my decision to go here. Okay. So now we know, okay, the answer's done, right? Yeah. All right. Why'd you pick a major? I've always loved working with numbers and critical analysis. Um, what's your major again, by the way? Econ, economics. Economics, okay. I've always loved working with numbers and critical analysis. Uh, after taking AP class in economics and statistics in high school, I became intrigued with the math representation. With the math representation. Uh, what does that mean? With the math. Um, I think I was just thinking, um, yeah, maybe that's not. I was just thinking of like combining the markets with like math itself, like within a model. Um, Intrigued with the mathematical representation. I mean, I also just like how you can like derive equations about everything, like formulas about like government investing, um, consumerism, and like how all of this equals like GDP and everything. I don't know, like the more like calculus part of economics, I think. So maybe like I became intrigued with the ability to measure and quantify what's going on in the economy using math. Mathematical and statistical models. Maybe not statistical. Does is that good? Yeah, maybe mathematical. I really liked how economics helps you think, helps you to think strategically and make decisions to optimize the outcome. Has both a social science and numerical aspect. Provides a great foundation that can allow you to go into many fields. Furthermore, I think it does your major in knowing how to manage it and be financially literate is important since you manage it every day. Uh, knowing how to manage You're financially literate, huh? Knowing how to manage is there something missing here? Manage what? I think so, because then I said for that reason I chose to minor in finance. Um, wait, That's I feel like something cut off. Yeah, I don't think we need to like say that the um, minor thing for us. Because they're just asking about your major, right? But um, mm -hmm. I think it was also major know how to manage. Uh, the more I think about it, knowing how to, how to, um, I guess, um, I don't know. It's like I can only think of like um, learning how to. I can reword that. Furthermore, I think regardless of your major. How about knowing how to be financially literate? But you're, does that make sense though? In econ, we don't, you're, it's more like market knowledge. You're not learning finance. And as I would say, knowing how to be financially literate and understanding what's happening in the markets is one of the most important skills. I don't, probably don't have to say what does it major. Um, furthermore, I think knowing how to be, I think being financially literate and understanding what's happening in markets is the most important skills one could have. And I felt like studying economics um, will enable me to do um, successfully. I don't know, something like that. Okay. What do you think? 
I, and I felt like studying economics would enable me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it flows. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, tell me about the most relevant experience on your resume. All right, so earlier this year, beginning of March, I worked with Glusta Legacy, a small TV firm specializing in clients, small B2B service businesses. Um, are you still there right now? Sorry? Are you still at Questa right now or that's done, right? No, no, I'm, I'm at Volpo. Oh, okay. This was just like the best, like, this was definitely like the best experience between the two. Just this one's a lot smaller. This was more of like programs. Like I just learned a lot in the last one. This is the one I just started. How long were you there for at Questa? At Questa, three months. So it doesn't matter what month you start, but I was say I worked with earlier this year I worked for three months at Costa Legacy, a small team that specialized in acquiring small B2B service businesses. Throughout my role. So this is like what the firm is, right? And now we talk about your role. Throughout my role, I worked on market research, finding which businesses we could look into. Um and help make LBO models with debt pay-down schedules with possible target. I mean, it's implied that there's gonna be a debt pay-down schedule with LBO models. So I would just say, and help make LBO models on target companies that we decided to take a closer look at. Because I assume you didn't do that for every single company. Right. No, no. Okay. One of the most interesting, one of the interesting companies we looked at, one of the most interesting companies we looked in, looked at was an IT services company. So was it was a company in the IT services industry as a live deal. If it's a negotiation, though, is that a live deal? I feel I might have defined that wrong. No, yeah, I mean, if you're negotiating, yeah. then I think okay. that's a live deal, right? So during this live deal, I watched and helped with the beginning process from reviewing the sim. Watched and helped with. Um, I got to help out from the very beginning. Reviewing the sim to building a forecast of the company, including base, bear, and bear. Uh, what does this mean? Base, bear, and bear. I think you're trying to say base case, upside case, down case, downside case. Base yeah, case, we call it, yeah. Bull case and bear case. Yeah, 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 bull. I forgot bull. Bull, base, bear. Um, from reviewing the sim to building a forecast of the company, including a base case, um, bull case, and bull case. As interns, we would do the first screening for the company, for companies where we were looking to retire. Then attractive cash flow, we would let our boss know, and he would sign the NDA. We would then go to the financials and use historical data to project the company's finances for a 10 year exit. With a specific IT company, I helped create the financial model that turned into a key lead into, that turned into a key lead into further consideration, that turned a key lead into further consideration of the company for an acquisition. By the time I finished my internship, the deal was still ongoing. When my boss was convinced the company had lots of potential, especially in the post-pandemic era, this IT service company seemed to provide great recurring revenue opportunities. Um, from this experience, I learned how different industries need to take on different considerations for valuation, importance Client relationships and making sure that there is a mutual agreement between both sides will probably be able to work. 
Um, okay. So these two paragraphs, I think we need a little bit of work, but so we talked about what you did. They kind of like talked about it out of order, you know. Now we kind of said like, okay, you review the sim, you build a forecast, and then we go back and talk about like even earlier steps like screening mm -hmm. companies. So I would just talk about it in like a logical flow, right? Um, I almost feel like this kind of belongs in like the previous paragraph, right? It's kind of like, this is where you talk about what your role was, right? And then this paragraph is supposed to just be like, what was the most interesting project that you worked on? Yeah, yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say, you know, we can, we can kind of combine the two, right? So on my role, not the wrong one, but in my role with my market research, finding leisure businesses to look into, um, the initial screening. For companies with three times We don't need to say like, oh, and let our boss know, and then he was signed the NDA. I feel like that's getting like a little bit too nitty gritty, right? Yeah. But I worked on market research, finally research business we could look into doing the initial screening for companies with retiring owners and attracting free cash flow profile um, and help make LBL models and target companies that we decided to take a closer look at. One of the most interesting companies we looked at was a company in the IT services industry. During this live deal, got to help out from the very beginning of the deal process from reviewing the SIM to building a forecast of the company, including a base case, bull case, and a bear case. Um, we would then go through the financials and use historical data to project the company's finances for a 10 year exit. And that was part of the, the previous one, I think, for when I said as interns, we. Oh, <clears throat> so that's part of what we moved up. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably delete that. Yeah. And now we're back to talking about the IT company. So this entire paragraph should just be about the IT company, right? Um, so with this specific IT company, I helped create the financial model that turned the key lead into further consideration. What are you no, trying to I say? I think here? for that, I was just saying like, after making it, we realized it was like a good idea to go forward with it. So I was like, it turned into like a key part of like the, the deal process, I guess, of like going forward. But I don't know if that's really necessary. Maybe it's just a filler. Model bill turned the key lead. Um, Our team to become more excited about the company causes to move to the um, 
stage of the acquisition. My boss is convinced company had lots of potential, especially in the post-pandemic era. As I deserve this company seems to provide great funding opportunities. Um, Maybe something like that. One of the most interesting companies I looked at was a company in the IT services industry. During this live deal, I got to help out from the very beginning of the deal process, from moving the sim to building a forecast of the company, including a base case, bull case, and a bear case. The model I built led our team to become more excited about the company and uh, caused us to move to the due diligence stage of the acquisition. Um, based on its potential in a post-pandemic era and great return revenue profile. How's that? It's fine. Does that sound accurate? I don't want to yeah. like misconstrue. No, I think that's, I mean, that's what I said. You just cut it down. Yeah. Just trying to like make it more concise. Yeah. It sounds a lot, of course, a lot better. I get very wordy. That's one of my problems. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's what you did. And then from this experience, I learned how different industries need to take on different considerations for valuation. What do you mean by this? Um, yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is not going exactly into the, no, I think I was just referring back to how, um, I mean, different industries have different, like, for example, when we were looking at the trucking company, um, we were evaluating like how much CapEx it, it had, of course, compared to other companies. So we wanted to have like lower CapEx because we had such a big range. I guess I was saying like, what did we want to be the key drivers of our search? Because at first we were looking at everything, then we said, no, we want low capex and we want this and this. So I think just narrowing down the market research is what I was referring to. Um, so I don't think that's related to valuation. Okay. <clears throat> um, I learned how different industries need to take on. Valuation. I mean, how about you just say from this experience? Learned about the different Factors you have to consider when trying to evaluate business. Is that work? The importance of client relationships and making sure that there's a mutual agreement between both sides for a proper deal to work. Um, Well, I never talk about it here where it was just the same thing where they were going kind of back and forth on what they thought they wanted the company to be valued at and what he wanted to give for the company. Okay, so I'll say. Learn about different practices when you're trying to develop business. Importance of structuring a deal that can be viewed as a win-win situation for both sides. 
Finish just go for use of Excel. Initial models. And conduct origins. Both skills. Directly holding that or protocol and um, my as I can this Grateful for my experience at Coastal Legacy. I'm excited to take what I learned and apply towards a successful career in Western. Okay, so you actually did have a closing sentence here, which is good. Um, so if I reread this one more time. So earlier this year, I worked with three months at Coastal Legacy, a small people that specialize in acquiring small B2B service businesses. In my role, I worked on market research, finding ways for businesses we could look into, doing the initial screening for companies with retiring owners and attractive free cash profile and help make LBO models on target companies. That we decided to take a closer look at. One of the most interesting companies we looked at was a company in the IT services industry. Green is live deal. I got to help out from the very beginning of the deal process, from reviewing the sim to building the forecast of the company, including a base case, bull case, and a bear case. The model I built led our team to become more excited about the company and caused us to move to a due diligence stage of um, the acquisition based on its potential in the post pandemic era and its great recurring revenue profile. Uh, actually, instead of saying like the due diligence stage, like might even be able to say, were you guys like in exclusivity with them? Meaning like you were the only buyer that they were kind of talking to and kind of like opening up their books for, or were there still other buyers that were kind of like competing with you guys? No, there were no competitors. Well, that we know of, like, or that we were told, like it was just, we were talking to this one company and they were interested in us and them, but they had no other people that were looking into them yet. So then instead of due diligence stage, let's just call it, that cause it to move into um, the exclusivity stage. The deal based on its potential. So exclusivity stage just means like, usually like if a company is selling itself, they might talk to like as many buyers as possible in the beginning, just like cast a wide net. Cause like they want people to kind of like bid up the price, right? And then like over time, like like the less serious buyers get weeded out. And then in the end, like based on like what you guys have indicated you're willing to pay for the business, usually they will like choose to go exclusive with just one potential buyer. And basically like at that stage, like the buyer's conducting like confirmatory due diligence where uh, assuming everything checks out and like what the seller had represented up to that point about the business is all true then the buyer is basically like committed to buying the company. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, from this experience, I learned about the different factors. You have to consider when trying to value a business. Um, instead of value, let's just say acquire. Um, as well as important, because it's not just about valuation, right? As well as important instruction to do that can be as one win situation for both sides. I also learned how to build financial models and conduct due diligence, both skills that will be Critical as I complain, let's make an interesting next summer. Um, I'm grateful for my experience with Chris. Like I say, I'm excited to take what I learned and apply to a successful career in investment making. Okay, cool. All right, I think that sounds good, right? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so we finished these. Um, any questions about any of these? No, no, no. Okay. Definitely a lot better. Okay. Um, any questions about anything else? Uh, whether it's behaviorals or anything just um, recruiting related or just things that are going on for you? Um, I think not really. Mostly those questions I asked, um, the following up. I think, I think I'm pretty good for right now. Um, I'm just picking up more of the networking and doing more, um, more calls every week. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think um, definitely yeah. um 
is there any difference um of course, so the kinds of like conversations that I have, for example, with a boutique versus a bullet bracket or so-and-so, but um, what about the number of people I network with each? Would you... Like how many people should you network with at each bank? Or at... Yeah, is there a ratio? Like, for example, like bullet bracket, should I do a lot more, of course, than like an elite boutique? No. Should I like be more conservative about a, a boutique or... I wouldn't say so. I, I think it just comes down to, you know, how good do you feel about the relationships that you've already built at that specific bank, right? Mm -hmm. Like what I typically recommend is you should try to have this, your first go around, like try to have at least one solid relationship where you feel like, hey, this person is going to go to bat for me, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have at least one person like that every single bank. Now, you know, until you have that, you have to continue to network with that bank, right? Mm -hmm. um, once you have, say, one person that you can, that you feel that way about, then what personally what I would do is kind of like move on and shift my focus and attention to some of the other banks that are also going to be recruiting around the same time mm -hmm. that I don't have that kind of relationship at yet, right? Like I'm basically just like diversifying and placing my bets across the board. Mm -hmm. So like, I wanna try to have, and, 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 and you can almost like treat the different banks, you can you, you can put them into like different cohorts almost. And by cohorts, I mean like, how early is their application gonna open, right? And so like, we know that like, for example, most of the elite boutiques tend to recruit the earliest, right? So there's like, that first wave where it's like not all the elite boutiques, but it's a lot of the elite boutiques. And then there's that second wave, which is like, you know, um, a lot of the, the vast majority of the bulge bracket banks. And then there's that third wave, which is like the middle market banks. And it's not like completely staggered where they don't overlap at all, but it's kind of like each cohort kind of overlaps a little bit and bleeds into each other. Right. Mm -hmm. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. like elite boutiques and bulge brackets and like middle markets. And so the point is like, within each cohort because wh whatever the next cohort is is always the most urgent one so you have to deal with mm, yeah right? so you're trying to get at least one referral from every single one of those and then once you have that like if you still have more time you can go back around and try to network some more and see if you can, can maybe get like a second person mm -hmm. right like we usually we recommend having like try to tar try, try targeting having at least two really strong relationships at each bank so that you have some redundancy. That mm -hmm. way, if like the one person that you thought was gonna help you, they don't end up helping you for whatever reason, you didn't put all of your eggs in that one basket, right? But again, that's time permitting because having that second person, having that redundancy is more of a luxury. Like you may or may not have time to do that depending on how well networking is going, right? Yeah. I think also like your confidence level too, in the quality of that referrals. Like if I have, I don't know, the global head of some group at this bank who has made very clear to me that they're going to like, make sure I get an interview. Um, that's almost like, you know, 99% sure that that's gonna happen. They're like, maybe I don't need a second one. Yeah. Right. So you see what I'm saying? It's just like, you just have to be thoughtful and deliberate about like, okay, where do I wanna spend my time? Mm -hmm. Right. And then so it's not like, oh, I, there's a fixed number of people that I should network with at every single bank. Like everybody's different in terms of like how effective they are at getting those referrals. And so like that's why we teach you all the best practices in the networking module, because the the higher you can kind of like increase your conversion rate, the fewer people you're going to have to talk to at each bank, which is yeah. going to just free up time to do other things. Right. So um it's good that you're already starting to have these conversations. It sounds like some of these conversations from what you were telling me earlier before we started editing your answers, it sounds like those conversations are going well, right? Yeah. Um, maybe like, you know, like for one of them, you kind of felt like you dropped the ball a little bit at the end, but mm -hmm. um, that's- I definitely freak out in everyone. Like I freak out less, but I still freak out, but it's getting better and better. Yeah, it, it'll just become more and more second nature as you do more and more of it. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, you know, if there's something specific that you're freaking out about, but 
if there is we should talk about it right um, i think like the first thing was just like my first call was an md at morgan stanley well he wasn't directly in investment banking but i i had never talked to a banker before so that was my first one and i just i was so nervous so nervous and he was the most like down-to-earth person like I think out of all my conversations like he was the one that was like please get back to me he sent me articles after a talk it's like please keep in touch let me know if you need anything he was wow. really really great um and after that they've gone really good I think um I think for me a lot is just like structuring and always just maintaining a structure when you talk yeah. I think when I like talk and sometimes I start overthinking and I start thinking like I have a, a script and then I like freak out and then I like take something out from the middle and just put it at the top. So it doesn't yeah. really go. I think that happened today. We're like at the end of my elevator pitch. I said like, oh, I'm Colombian, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he, but that's what he remembered. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, yeah. how long have you been here? Um, so just things like that. I mean, look, if he's like sending you articles afterwards and doing all this stuff going out of his like, he doesn't have to do any of that, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that he did do that, I think is a really, really good sign that he like genuinely wants to help you. Mm -hmm. So that's someone that I would definitely like, you know, try to um, continue to nurture that relationship. You know, you say he's not in investment banking. Uh, what what division is he in? He was a fig, I think. Oh, fig. I have to check. Yeah. Okay. So fig is investment banking, right? He's a fig yeah. banker. Huh? So he's just a fig bank. He, he's like an investment banker that covers financial institutions is that is that what that means yeah, yeah. like fig just means there is a fig group in investment banking but they yeah. their clients are like banks and insurance companies and just financial services businesses mm -hmm. uh, sometimes financial technology fintech also falls under fig so like you know if if he's a fig banker that's great like it sounds like he really wants to help you like you should absolutely like continue to follow up with him yeah right? Um, the, the other thing that you said, um, I want to touch on this briefly before um, I have office hours um, in like three minutes, but uh, in terms of like kind of freaking out or feeling like, you know, you're not following the script or whatever, again, don't think of it as a script, right? What we gave you in the networking module is not a verbatim script for you to follow, but it's more of a um, framework right framework mm -hmm. meaning it's just a structure but every conversation is going to be slightly different and it's not the end of the world if you happen to miss one thing here and you bring it up again later or you kind of like shuffle things around a little bit like we laid we laid out the ideas framework and like what we think is the optimal sequence mm -hmm. but like if you swap like two sections around and you said like you know, I asked the third section first and then the second se section after that, like, is that the end of the world? No. And also like the bankers don't know that you are following this framework. Like this framework is like only, we, we came up with it ourselves through a lot of testing and people only know about it if they were in Wall Street Mastermind, right? So like, it doesn't matter if yeah. it's like not in order or whatever. Like at the end yeah. of the day, just it's just having a, a normal human being conversation. So don't be like overly rigid or feel like, oh, I messed up this or I messed up that. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know, just be yeah. I think also, I think what's helped was also just as I've been doing this, having kind of a purpose of what I'm doing. So at first it was like, you have to network because it's going to help you. So it kind of felt so forced where now it's like, yeah. as I learn more about it, now I'm like actually interested in knowing more. Yeah. No, and, that, and, and, and that's great because, um, you that that's how that's how you want to feel right? like this shouldn't feel like a chore or you're just like going through the motions but it's like you you should be genuinely interested in hearing what these bankers have to say because they are currently doing the job that you want to do someday right yeah. and so it's just like meeting a new person and really trying to like get to know them it's like going on a date okay so this is like yeah. going on a tinder date but it, this is professional right and then when you go on a new date like you're gonna genuinely try to get to know the other person and maybe they're cool maybe they're not but like mm -hmm. just same thing here just like as long as you have that genuine curiosity about them yeah. i think like that's always like the best um mentality to have and it's going to come across like you know who people like people like 
other people who demonstrate a genuine interest in them. Yeah. So if I you agree. can do that, like you're gonna you're gonna be fine, like probably 89% of the time. I agree. I agree. Yeah, cool. definitely. Okay. I have office hours starting right now with the other um, students, so I gotta run. But uh, yeah. you know, we'll continue working through um, the rest of your behavioral measures um, later. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe to our channel or podcast so that you can get notified of all of our future episodes as well. If you'd like to apply to work with us so that we can help you in a similar way, feel free to reach out to our team at www.wallstreetmastermind.com apply. The street is abbreviated to ST, so it's wallstmastermind.com apply. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.